Steve, morning. Happy Friday. Oh, come on. You're messing yeah. up the flow, man. You're making too much noise. We got to start over. <laughs> Sorry, I was getting like some static on the mic. <laughs> uh, retake, retake. Retake. Steve, happy Friday. How's it going, bud? Uh, fantastic, man. How you doing? It's good. It's uh, it's weird that it's Friday because you kind of like these days I'm losing track of what day it is. Yeah, yeah, working from home here is, uh, yeah, it's just like you're, it's like being on summer vacation or something. The days kind of all meld together. Yeah, podcasting every day, totally, things are different, man. Um, yeah. yeah, we just wanted to get back on again, follow up on yesterday a little bit. Steve, you wanted to hit some more boot talk, um, so we'll get to that, answer some listener questions. Um, you guys keep the feedback coming. We appreciate it. Again, if you have questions, something you want us to tackle, we'd be happy to chat about it. Uh, we'll just drive right in. Steve, a question we got recently is what would your goal weight be for a six to seven day hunt? And do you include water weight when you talk about pack weight? So first thoughts there. Uh, yeah. So it's whenever I talk about pack weights, uh, food and water are left out because those are the only two things that um, are variable. They change throughout the duration of a hunt. You know, water changes minute by minute. Food changes. You know, you're going to drop by a pound and a half every day you're out there. Um, and so those ones I always leave out. And I always, I also leave out weapon. Um, I just, you know, that's, it's typically like a bow. It's going to be in my hands. Uh, it's just not something that I really account for because, and some guys could have, um, you know, a bow could vary so much in weight that I just don't think it makes sense to, um, to put in there guys could have a seven pound rifle or a 12 pound rifle and probably everywhere in between the people pack out there in the woods so mm-hmm. when i'm talking about weight it's just my gear right the gear that i'm taking with me um the, everything that's inside the pack outside of food and water makes sense yeah but it's um those consumables as you mentioned can vary for sure so i i always think it's helpful like a lot of guys you'll see especially if you get online dive into forums like criticisms of you guys talk about these gear weights but they're not real because you're adding this you're adding that which is you know a fair point but um you know there's just there's always gonna be variables so i think it's helpful to have like a a base pack weight meaning like this is the gear these are the things that essentially for the most part don't change um, and then you can look at length of trips and extrapolate, you know, what weight would be for that type of trip, maybe for time of year, that type of thing. So, um, that said, like, what is a realistic all in Steve for you for six to seven days, you know, again, still without water. Cause that varies without weapon. Cause that varies or you're going to be carrying it potentially, but let's throw food in there and give like an idea of truly what's, what's in the pack um for that type of trip if you're i would say on the let's just talk base weight here so no food no water um the second food's easy it's just really simple do uh you know one and a half to on the high high side if you're just throwing a bunch of food together you're two pounds per day um so say 10 days that's 20 pounds of food if you're two pounds right um so super simple mouth five days 10 pounds um so base weight, I would say, and I guess, you know, obviously elk or, well, spine scope and tripod could fluctuate that hugely as well. So yeah. 15 to 25 pounds for your base weight is, I think, a good range to be in. And then, um, and, and I'm probably 
yeah, probably like 15, 16 pounds. So I'm talking, I got my, I pulled up my gear list right here, right? So my gear base thing, I'm just going to roll through this real quick. Pack is number one, uh, water bladder, um, tent, uh, tent stakes. Um, those are on the list. If I do a, well, if I do my tarp, uh, then I still have stakes with that. Bivy sack, uh, sleeping bag, water filter, uh, my dirty water bags for my Sawyer filter. So I have a basically extra, um, fill those up with water and uh, dirty water and then filter them through. Um, sleeping pad, pillow. I have a little pillowcase I'll pack every once in a while. It depends on the hunt. Um, stove, fuel, fork, headlamp, extra batteries for the headlamp, a charger bank, cables, toilet paper, knife, um, rope, trekking poles, uh, glassing pad. Uh, some, I have trash bag in here. It's like an optional thing. If I think it's going to be wet weather, I'll throw a trash bag in just to, um, throw my pack in or random stuff at night in reach. Um, and then a first aid kit, which is just going to be really simple duct tape, lighter, um, Tylenol, ibuprofen, cotton ball fire starter. That's a great, um, just do dip cotton balls and Vaseline, roll them together and throw them in a Ziploc bag. That works awesome. Chapstick, super glue. That's kind of it. And my first aid kit, some tweezers. Um, and then hunting gear. I kind of have my list broken down. Basically got tags, weapon. Um, this is kind of set up for bow hunting. So it says arrows, broadheads, rangefinder, calls, bugle tube if I'm elk hunting. Um, extra, a few extra Allen inches for my bow. Game bags, binoculars are going to be around your chest, so that's not your pack weight. Um, and then you got spine scope, tripod, wind detector. Gosh, that's it, man. There's not much. Um, but I need, and then um, it's everything that I need to to go out there and survive. So my base weight of yeah, 15, 16 pounds. That's that's all that included, like the pack uh, and all the essentials, and then. From there, it's it gets really really easy. Whether it's one night or ten nights, all that base stuff never changes, right? Um, so the only variables there are food and clothing for me. Uh, the longer the duration, um, really the only thing extra I'm gonna pack is socks. So a normal trip, I'll have um, probably two pairs of socks in my pack, um, and then I, so I might throw a third in there on a longer trip uh that'd be pretty rare though to be honest with you um and that's just food so i'm going out for my typical is uh you know a four-day hunt right so um looking probably about seven eight pounds of food for that um and i, and I vary that like if if i know the hunt's going to be easy um you know i'll throw in a little bit extra food in there where uh you know i'm not too worried about an extra pound or two and then if it's, you know, the longer the duration, I think it becomes really critical to count calories, to have your food really dialed in because you, you know, if you're talking a week long hunt, um, you know, the difference between, uh, you know, doing like, you know, you could technically get down to probably like 1.25 pounds of food per day or two pounds a day that that weight's going to add up on you. Um, and then, uh, yeah, food, food and then weapon on top of that, man. So let's uh let's back up let's just say it's um let's say i'm going on a seven day elk hunt uh so my base weight's 16 pounds 
no spine scope, no tripod uh, for me, elk hunting. I, I never pack those. And then, um, what's, uh, 14 pounds of food, like basically much. 30 pounds. If you said yeah, seven days, pounds, two pounds yeah. a day, that's probably about right. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then water, obviously that's just so variable on the country. Um, if I'm, I always have a, uh, a three liter bladder in my pack. I keep that thing, um, full, you know, I, I've, uh, try to get into the habit of filling up the, um, the bladder at home. I like to, uh, be the guy that shows up to the trailhead, like literally pull the pack out of the truck, slap it on my back and I'm ready to go versus the, uh, uh good friend Tyler Crockett, the, the, those people of the world that, <laughs> that, uh, show up to the trailhead with, you know, five bags from Walmart and hunting gear everywhere. And then they start packing crap in. Um, so, uh, we, uh, yeah, always, always have my pack ready, fill it up with water. You know, sometimes if I, I'll obviously put three liters in it if it's like new country and I'm not sure of where water sources are. Like I know I'm not hiking along a creek on the way in or something like that. I'll make sure it's full. Sometimes I'll just put, you know, half a, put a liter and a half in there or something like that. Um, but yeah, water's rambling around, but water's super, super variable. It's, uh, you know, it, at any given point I could have 10 pounds of water or two pounds of water. So to, to have water weight be in your equation when you say your pack weight heading in, I just that makes zero sense to me because from one guy to the next, and depending on the country, that could that very, very, very drastically. Yeah, I used to not pay close attention to that. Meaning, I was always like when I first started, I was just of the mindset of have a full bladder, whether that's you know three liters, whatever bladder size is, like always start full. Um, and even during a hunt, I would often do that. Like I need to start today with a full bladder of water, but I realized pretty quick, like in a lot of countries, it's just not necessary. Um, I mean, certain spots, don't get me wrong, it is, but I've hunted so much elk country specifically where it's like, you know, I don't, I don't feel bad with 20 ounces of water because when I go through that or we take a break in two hours or something like that, like there's so many places I've hunted where water's everywhere and it legit took me a while to be like, you know, I don't have to carry three liters of water when there's water everywhere. I'm an idiot. Yeah. 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 It's, um, like I said, I, when I'm going into a new country and I'm unsure of water sources, always err on the side of, of having more than you need. Um, I kind of got into a, uh, um, not, not an argument, but a, a discussion on Nalgene bottles versus bladder the other day with somebody that was a huge fan of Nalgene's. And I was asking him like, how the heck do you pack enough water? Cause it, at any given point, you know, I'm going to have freaking six seven eight liters of water in a certain mule deer country like how do you you can't pack that freaking mini nalgene bottles in your pack like it's ridiculous you know um and uh and then they were just arguing that they love the visibility of like here's what's in my nalgene this is what i've got versus a bladder's you know obviously going to be buried in your pack and it is annoying not knowing how much is in there there's you know times when you cross i step over a creek and i'm like trying to guess how much water I've drank since the last time I filled it up, you know, and like you're right in the middle of a hunt, so you don't really want to stop. Uh, but one thing I've done, um, is I have these little one liter, uh, uh, platy bottles made by platypus. They're just, you know, it's, uh, just soft, uh, just like a water bladder. Right. Um, and I'll just fill that up with dirty water and throw it in my pack, throw it in a side pocket or something like that. And that way I know, that even if at the end of the day my bladder's completely dry, I've got a liter uh, for cooking. Uh, it basically gets me gets me my dinner, something you know, a little bit of water to drink with dinner, and then 
probably enough to make my coffee in the morning. So I've always had that as a kind of a backup. So that's kind of a good uh, plan that I, I – it's like a backup plan I have for when I'm hunting country that I don't know uh, or just hunting, um, you know, where you're, you're super, super mobile and you just, you know, even if you know the country, you might end up, you know, a mile between creeks or springs or something like that when it gets dark if you're chasing elk and you set up camp there. So yeah, one little thing I do to have just a, a little backup in place – um, like I said, so when you get to camp that you're not SOL. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I go back and forth on bladders and Nalgene's. I mean, most of the typical hunts, like a September multi-day hunt is definitely going to be a bladder, but you know, I, I can see the benefit to Nalgene's for some trips, for shorter trips, for certain conditions. Um, you know, we were in Alaska, it was great and we weren't filtering because you could literally just fill up from certain sources and that's super convenient, but that's just not practical for most lower 48 stuff. Um, that guy that was using the Nalgene's, what was he doing? Like a SteriPen type filter and filtering straight within the Nalgene, do you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Which I get it, but then the, the last thing in the world I want is my water filter to be, to be dependent on batteries. Electronic, that, that's yeah. freaking scary. Yeah. I mean, that goes wrong. You're, you know, all of a sudden you're, yeah, struggling. And obviously the, um, the hollow core, hollow fiber, uh, filters like the Sawyer is, they can freeze, but it's it's really easy to shake the water out of there. And, and then if it's really cold, that thing goes, um, in a, in the sleeping bag with me, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll usually just wrap it up in something that's, uh, if, you know, if there is water left inside and want to leak out it, it, you know, it's like a Ziploc bag or something like that. And then just throw it in the sleeping bag and then it's definitely not an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, one other note, as we were just talking about this, just a random, uh, pro tip 1000 here is, uh, <laughs> when you are, uh, hunting, pay attention to how much your dehydrated meals uh require because they can vary greatly from as low as six to eight ounces of water up to 16 ounces of water and that does make a big difference so if i was going into um mule deer country some of the stuff we have in idaho is very very dry Uh, i know not to pack uh, my backpacker pantry chicken alfredo because that's a full two cups right um or some of the mountain house pro packs uh some of these peak refuels um, they, they're only like eight ounces. So, um, just something to pay attention to that, uh, depending on the hunt could matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I actually got a, I got a question via email the other day. Um, I guess somebody had heard a previous podcast or saw somewhere where I was talking about dehydrating my own meals, which I do. Um, and he was asking how much water do I know or how do I know how much water I need to rehydrate that meal? Um, which I thought was a fair question because I, you don't. Um, (laughs) I mean, uh, you can, if you're following somebody else's recipe and they have instructions for like, Hey, dehydrate this, pack this much dried food and then add this much water to that. Then that's great. But honestly, I just kind of eyeball it. So, um, I will typically know it's, you can count on 10 to 12 ounces for the most part for most of the meals that I make. And obviously it depends on your quantity. Um, you know, because you're making your own meals, you're dehydrating your own meals. It's, it's up to you if, how big is that meal and how much water does it require? But basically what I do is eyeball it at first, knowing it's most likely going to be 10 to 12 ounces. Um, and then basically I'll check on the meal after five to 10 minutes and basically see, does it look super dry? Has it soaked up much water? Does it look like it needs more water? Does it look like there's excess that's not going to be, um, you know, soaked into the food as part of the process. So you can always drain a little bit off if needed, but, um, yeah, I thought that was a super relevant question because, 
I wish I had an answer for the guy of like, oh yeah, here's the formula. But I've just noticed that it it changes a lot based on what that meal is. Is it pasta? Is it rice? Is it this? Is it that? And how much do you have? So it's a little bit more trial and error when you're doing your own thing, for sure. Um, yeah, I guess it's worth noting too. Um, you know, we do have a bunch of gear lists on the website. So if you want to see examples of some gear lists um, with videos, even like I have one out there for my elk hunt um, base list, that's about 18 pounds. Um, you can just go to exomountaingear.com under resources in the main menu. There's a link that says gear lists and there's a quite a bit there. So I think you're right, Steve, just to recap, like what you said earlier of, you know, your base weight's going to be between 15 to 25 pounds. I would say if you're at 15, you're a super pro. Um, it may be not incredibly comfortable. <laughs> Although you're close to that, <laughs> you're comfortable, but not everybody's Steve spec. I'll tend to be closer to like the one I had on there is 18. And that's true. Like that 18 ish number. I'm always going to be a couple pounds heavier than you probably. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, 20 is honestly still pretty good for most guys, but if you're 25, you know, there's, there's definite room for improvement there. Not that you have to, but you know, some of that's always going to depend on experience as we've talked about a ton of times, packing your fears, budget, you know, just in terms of where you at on the gear spectrum of, um, having new gear, upgrading gear, budget gear, that type of thing. Like not everybody's going to start with the best stuff overnight, obviously. And so it's a process of upgrading stuff as you go. And that's typically going to mean your packs getting a little bit lighter as you get better gear over the years. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say it's yeah. 15, 25 is a good rule. If you're over 25, you need to take a serious look at, at what's in your pack. Something's um, wrong. cause you, it just, even if you have heavy stuff, uh, to be that's over 25, you're just packing too much crap. Um, the only like I said optics are separate from that. So yeah. tripod and spine scope again, to me, that's super, uh, tripods probably always the same, but the, you know, the amount of optics you're packing is just going to vary so much on your, on your hunt. It's, it's, much more like food than it is than it is your other base gear so some guys are packing you know a heavy 80 millimeter spotter a heavy tripod and 15 by 56 binos right Mm -hmm. Uh, that are all going in the pack and man you you just added like 12 pounds right there easy uh so that's obviously just a big variable Um, yeah but uh yeah your base gear should not be over 25 and yeah really i'd say 20 Mm -hmm. Um, what do you, if, what if have you've you been, been doing it? You've been doing it for a few years and you've got, you know, you got a two pound tent, you've got a nice quilt or lightweight sleeping bag and you kind of add, you look at that stuff and you're over 20 then yeah, again, you're just packing too much stuff. Um, and I, and I go like, um, you know, there's, there's, uh, I got a friend of mine's like proud and brags that he's like, I packed the kitchen sink and, what up, do you um, mean? yeah, like, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Dion is one of those guys for sure. Um, uh, like you're you're burning so much freaking energy that you don't need to burn. Um, you're eating. You're gonna have to eat more food, eat more calories, drink more water. You're sweating more. Um, the difference between five pounds on your back climbing up a two thousand foot mountain, you know that stuff legitimately adds up. Um, that uh, yeah, I, I just the lighter I am. Um, and it doesn't matter whether you're in amazing shape or terrible shape. The lighter your pack is, it's just to me, it's the more the more enjoyable your hunt's going to be, right? It's the, it's the and that's always the same. Um, I said if you're, uh, you know, we've obviously done plenty of fitness podcasts. Like the more physical, physically fit you 
you are for a hunt, uh, the more you're going to enjoy it. Like it's just, you don't dread climbing up that hill. Um, you know, I said, we've gone through fitness enough to like argue the pros and cons of, you know, you don't need to be Superman out there, but, um, no question you're going to enjoy a hunt more, the, the better shape you are in. And then the weight of your pack is it's, it's always there. And so it doesn't matter if you're Superman or way out of shape. Uh, you're always going to feel that difference. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I get, I think where some of the guys are coming from, not necessarily being proud of packing a lot, but like poking fun at the guys who are counting every gram um, or right, like right. theoretically bragging about how light their pack is. Like I get the pushback to that to some extent because you know, they're, I think less in the hunting space, although the guys exist, but even like in the backpacking space, like there's guys who do it just because they want to have the lightest stuff and they're going to make, you know, sacrifices to get there or whatever, or, you know, it always comes down to, for me, it's like budget, right? Like Mm -hmm. there's things I could upgrade right now and save a few ounces, but it's like, you know, is it worth it to spend 150 bucks on this upgrade to save three ounces you know not not for me right. not for right. now you know yeah. so yeah, <laughs> yeah I, it, it's all got to be balanced but it is something where when you do choose an item um what is the least amount of weight you can get away with and still be relatively comfortable but honestly you know it always comes back to me it's like most of the weight difference isn't in the quality of your gear it's in not packing extra crap you don't need um, I mean, to be honest with you, that's where like most people can shave the most weight. It's just by really packing what they need and not packing what they don't. And that, you know, we've said it a bunch of times, but that's part of experience, right? Like play the game, three strikes, you're out, you do three trips, you haven't used something. And obviously we're not talking about a critical item, like, you know, survival, but you know, oh, this extra, whatever, probably don't need it, you know? So yeah, it's, yep. yeah, it's, there's a lot to it, but it's a process. Cool. Um, Steve, what did you want to hit on boots again? You you mentioned oh, uh, to yeah. me earlier um, about talking. Were you going to clarify yeah, some one things? Thing. We we actually already <laughs> had guys push back at you <laughs> since the podcast oh, yesterday sure. and go, yeah. um, Steve's, an idiot. Steve's an idiot, not in those words, but like one guy, for example, said, um, was questioning the sanity of having a, a more flexible boot or shoe and saying that a stiffer boot was needed when you're packing weight you know when you have 89 pounds in your pack type thing yeah i again i all i can do is speak from my experience um i do not see a single difference uh i probably you know due to my job designing packs and hiking with heavy weight there's not too many people out there that are gonna that are hiking more with 100 pounds on their back than me um you know and that's just it is what it is uh and I don't feel a single difference whether I've got a Solomon Trail Runner shoe on or a boot on with 100 pounds. I, I just don't. Uh, I mean, I can understand um, the boot and the ankle support with 100 pounds coming out of really rough, rugged terrain. Um, sure, I'm going to be more cautious with my footsteps uh, wearing a trail running shoe um, versus just kind of like bulldozing out of there, right? Um you know, just, just make sure when I'm stepping on a rock or I'm stepping, whatever, just being more aware of it just so I don't roll an ankle or something like that. So I can understand the support there. But if you're just hiking down a trail, I said, from my experience, I, if anything, I notice better comfort, better performance out of the lighter shoe. I don't get the, um, needing a stiff sole for heavy weight. It's like reading reviews of, um, 
yeah, when bootmakers are talking about coming out with a light boot and like, oh, this is for fast and light trekking and and then they have a boot that's, you know, uh, well, if you got a 60 pound pack on, this is, you know, we suggest this boot and I just don't get it. So, um, but along the lines of two things that I wanted to hit yesterday, uh, was one, um, we've talked about this before, but the weight of the shoe, we were talking about, um, stiff boot versus not and like hiking. And if I can feel the, the difference in fatigue on the body, um, I can absolutely feel the difference in weight of the shoe. So going from a, a trail running shoe to a boot, you know, you, you almost add in general, you're going to add a pound. Um, probably, you know, a shoe is going to be like a light shoe is going to be 12 to 15 ounces and a boot's going to be, you know, a pound and a half to two pounds, uh, per side. Um, imagine like (laughs) stupid, simple analogy, like imagine, uh, hiking barefoot, but then you just take uh, a one pound dumbbell and strap that, just duct tape it to each ankle, right? Like we were talking about training with snowshoes. Like mm-hmm. that is like, you don't necessarily feel that when you slap a boot on, uh, cause it's just distributed all over the place, but that's the reality of it, right? You just strapped, you're strapping mm-hmm. weight to the bottom of your foot that you got to then pick up and place down and pick up and place down time and time again, thousands of times a day. And it makes a huge difference. So when I, when I go do these little hikes from my house, you know, whether it's four or five, six miles, um, I absolutely during the boot process can feel that extra fatigue. Um, so that's just, again, one of my, you know, find what works for you. Um, I just encourage everybody if, if, uh, at least try a lightweight shoe out, uh, and see if they like it or not. Um, and then the other thing was just tread pattern. One thing that, um, uh, I've been fortunate enough, you know, hiking with all these different shoes and boots is how much of a, uh, a difference the tread can make. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's really, really surprising. I, I remember, um, we've talked about this before on the podcast. I think those, the Technica shoes, you came out here for, uh, what did you come out here for BHA rendezvous two years ago? Right. And we were, yeah, we was, were here and it was snowing. Yeah. yeah. Oh no, it was, uh, not that it matters, but it was when we were on, show circuit last year we were in boise between oh, uh portland right. and salt lake and hiking in the snow in boise as well as uh when we did salt lake yeah yeah um but we were both probably equal levels of fitness hiking up this hill and it was kind of sl- sloppy wet snow uh and you physically could not keep up with me because you were just slipping and sliding yeah, the entire no time matter how hard i tried um, yeah no matter what you're doing and i was literally like yeah, you know, I was going like eight, eight out of 10 and you were going 10 out of 10 and you, I was just pulling away from you. Um, and it was just purely your tread. Every step you were taking, you were slipping and sliding. And I've noticed that a lot of these, um, boot companies, uh, I, oh man, I'm going to, why we're here, I'm going to find this is freaking hilarious. (laughs) Um, uh, the, um, the, I've been, incredibly disappointed in the vibram souls from a traction perspective uh i know Vibram. i think they've got a great reputation for making durable souls um but from but a also, traction perspective they have like that's a i don't know that's a little bit like saying ford sucks and somebody drove a focus and somebody drove yeah. an f-150 because vibram has like a bunch of right. different compounds and models too right yeah 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 no for sure i, I in general the boots i've been wearing um they're designing the boot to last for four years and for the yeah. boot to last for four years, harder compounds, the rubber yep. compound has to be really hard on the bottom. Um, and that's what I've noticed, uh, is that 
that hard rubber compound or the um some scarpas that i had that i took on that mule deer hunt um that rubber compound it wasn't super hard but it actually uh in that 10 degree weather in the snow that it they were the slickest shoot i literally could not side hill across the mountain um without just slipping and sliding left and right uh that compound whatever it did it just it got rock hard and was absolutely slick i remember literally i was with jason and we were just side hilling um to go kill that buck he killed you know we'd glass it up and we're working through the trees and he was just right in front of me walking no problem at all and i'm behind him just slipping and sliding left and right and i couldn't believe the the uh difference um that, that was that i was seeing there uh and, and i've just noticed that in a lot of different shoes um that uh um that uh, the, the tread pattern makes a significant difference in the amount of energy that you have to expend i, I got a pair of uh oh garmont um I can't, it was just basically a mid kind of trail running type shoe, um, and loved everything about them, but the tread pattern, I took them out on opening, uh, weekend of deer for me last year and it's super rocky kind of shaly country. And I just, again, slipping and sliding left and right, trying to climb up the side of this mountain. Um, and the tread pattern just sucked and I was burning twice as much energy to get up the hill. So, um, I guess my rant is, uh, tread pattern makes a huge difference. Um, if you have two boots like equal in comfort and one has better traction, pick the one with better traction all day long. Um, cause it's, you're going to see a huge difference, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and I guess, you I'm know, the downside, to, uh, it, it, and honestly, I, it does depend on the terrain you tend to hunt. Like everything yes, we just yeah. said is probably going to be quite a bit less relevant if you're hunting in the Southwest where it's, it's drier, it's softer, it's sandier, you know, it's going to matter on, is it big rock? Is it loose rock? Does it tend to be wet? Like all that is going to make a huge, huge, huge difference um, on the effect of performance of tread pattern for sure. And tread compound. And as you mentioned, like there, there is, there's no, I don't think from anything I've tried, there's no getting around like softness and stickiness in terms of traction and durability. Like they're just going to wear quicker. Yeah. So as you said, like those heavier boots in general, they want this reputation for being bulletproof. They want a long life. Like that's going to be harder compound and just a lot of times give up some of that, um, stickiness, if you will. Just give up traction basically to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I've never, uh, hands down the Solomon X ultra, the tread pattern on the bottom of those is the best tread pattern I've ever had on the bottom of my feet across wide varying terrain, snow, dry, whatever. Uh, and the stuff lasts forever. I've still got, um, I have one that are like, uh, some Solomon or the ones I wore on the hundred mile death hike. So they're a couple years old now and they've got a lot of miles on them and the tread still doing great. So whatever Solomon did there, they did right. Like it's great grippy compound and lasts a long time. I mean, those shoes have, I don't know, 1500 to 2000 miles on them. They have to, it's, uh, I've worn them every day for a couple of years. So um uh, man i'm trying to find this freaking review i can't find it um that's disappointing man you got my hopes up i will because it's hilarious well i'll find it and we'll share it tomorrow uh or monday when we when jump back on here it's so funny um <laughs> yeah it's hilarious um because the guy was uh, i he was comparing he had gotten some boots that were had a vibram sole on them and then he had gotten some innovate uh 
shoes that they have a super super grippy compound on them and he was comparing them side by side and it was just an epic <laughs> his commentary epic commentary yeah, on how basically slippery the, the vibram was so yeah <laughs> anywho what's uh what's the next topic for the day i'm done ranting about shoes i'm sure people are sick of he- sick of hearing it so shut up about boots steve <laughs> no i don't know man um we we chatted yesterday about death hike plans and i immediately put that into action so within the coming few days here i'm gonna go out and shoot for kind of exactly what we described um probably be on the trail by 4 a.m and try and knock out somewhere between 35 to 45 miles um see how that goes and see what kind of pace i can keep um yeah that's my makeup hike for not being able to to get to idaho and do the death hike next week so we'll see what happens it's it's kind of disappointing because i was so amped up for the actual death hike and snowshoeing and a wolf hunt being part of that and everything that goes into be part of that and i'm still excited to to get out hike and push myself but (laughs) i decided last night to do it then i started like oh i better go get my stuff together it was like almost disappointing like oh i don't really need to get any stuff together i just need some food (laughs) and a water filter uh and a headlamp that's about it (laughs) like not much gear so yeah especially if you're not uh stay in the night or anything yeah there's no yeah nothing basically yeah. i'm yeah. still gonna take precautions yeah, like i'm i'm throwing in a puffy just in case like something happens i get delayed and i'm out late because it is going to be cool um so I'll, I'll have more than what i just said but yeah i mean it's I'm sitting here looking at it because i was put it together last night and this morning it's it's pretty minimal which is also nice though right like to just to get out and cover ground and not have to worry about gear or have a heavy pack weight i'm just gonna run the 1800 and and get out and practice some social distancing outdoors i like it yeah i'm uh taking taking my family up to uh arrow rock reservoir above boise here today go do some fishing in the afternoon and get the f out of town and just uh pretend things are completely normal here so yeah yeah in a lot of ways they are right a lot of ways they are are, a lot of ways they are that's cool we'll get back on next week a talk about how my hike goes and if i blow myself up that'll be interesting another suggestion we had which i think will be fun to tackle next week steve would be to talk about our very first bow kills um Ooh. mine was a mess i think yours was a little bit of a mess <laughs> and yeah, interesting yeah. definitely we'll put it this way it was a beginner's experience that's what it was <laughs> um so yeah we'll tell those stories next week that'll be fun and uh yeah you get, your assignment for the weekend steve is to find that review because now you all have us yeah, on the edge I of will. our seats yeah and after <laughs> all this it. hype it's going to be a massive disappointment even if we do find oh, it but oh still. yeah absolutely guaranteed <laughs> all right well everybody have a good safe weekend and go enjoy the outdoors and yeah we'll check in with you monday Sounds the good. world will uh still be around i, I know that <laughs>